Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Legacy Along, who will be sharing with us her planned home birth. This journey was a planned, unassisted, unmedicated water lotus birth in which she was supported by her toddler, preschooler, and husband. Hello, Legacy. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you guys? We are wonderful. Oh, wow. We are wonderful. <laughs> I always feel like when I do the hello, welcome to the show, I'm like a sports caster. <laughs> <laughs> I come right up. like a talk show. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. <laughs> Legacy, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? And that can include where you guys are on the map, um, who you consider family. It can be more than just your household. Just as our listeners are doing just that, they're listening. So it allows them to have like a visual of who we're talking to. All right. Okay. Well, yes, I'm from Canada, Ontario. I have three boys, so they're all two years apart. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. And my husband is also, we're also here from Canada, Ontario. He's from, like, the Montreal part. I'm from the Toronto part. Where are you guys from? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yes. I've been to Ohio before, but yeah, I'm all the way over here. And um, <laughs> um, I am a business owner as well. I own a couple of summer camps. I have a YouTube channel as well. And I also do birth work as well, where I do birth courses and birth plans and stuff like that. Yes, I saw your YouTube channel and I was like, okay, Legacy. <laughs> do the thing, Legacy, do the thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Yes. So all my pregnancies are pretty, very similar to each other. My first and my second were both home births. My pregnancies were all full term, 39, 40 weeks. Um, with my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy, they kind of led me to unassisted birth. But my first two were more just home births with a midwife. Um, but when I gave birth to my first, uh, first child, I really wanted to have like that unassisted feeling of me bringing my baby into the world. Um, but I remember like as soon as he was like about to come out, the midwife step started touching. They like kept touching and checking the cervix and stuff like that. And while they were like checking the cervix, you know, you start to see like the blood and everything happening. And I kept telling her like, stop, please don't touch, don't touch, like, don't touch. And she wouldn't listen to me. Mind you, she also is, we are not the same race as well. Um, and I just felt like she didn't take my voice as like a validation. She felt that she was more qualified than, than I was, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of felt a little bit frustrated with that because I wanted to have the full experience. I was like laboring on my own and then right at the end she kind of interrupted me. 
And then with my second child, I made it very clear that I did not want that to happen again. And I was laboring well. I had also another like amazing calm labor. But towards the end, she had let me know that the water bag wasn't broken yet. And she wanted to break the water bag so that maybe it would help the baby progress faster and, and, and be birthed into the world. Um, but I did not want to do that. But I just felt pressured. And I know a lot of women can like agree to that feeling when you just feel like they know better than you. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so she broke the water bag. And as soon as the water bag broke, the baby's heartbeat dropped, obviously, because there was so much um, anxiety. Once the mother's heartbeat goes up, the baby's heartbeat can go up. I didn't feel comfortable. So the baby can start to feel like a little bit more in distress. And so, you know, that birth, although it looked amazing and beautiful, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted in the sense that, I gave birth to my own child without any intervention. And so that's what kind of led me to unassisted birth and stuff like that. Yes. And so we've had a couple people um, from the Canada area. And do most people birth, like plan to birth at home with a midwife? Or because um, I know that most of the, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Danielle. The two people that we have had from the Canada area have planned to do home births and then gone to hospital. Maybe I'm wrong, but how? I mean, you can really speak on that. Do they? Do most people birth at home with a midwife? Generally, like almost everybody, if you were going to have a, a home birth, you would do it with a midwife. Okay. It's very, very rare to have an unassisted birth. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and I think are your, your midwives can work where you can see a midwife as if you were having a home birth, but you could go to hospital and they Correct. would still be able to support you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like the way that rolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely provides more options. Um, yeah. But it is, I think it, it was um, interesting to hear you talk about wanting to the first thing bring your baby earthside. So like no one else touching and you being able to do that. Um, and how you like definitely felt like there was an interruption of yeah. that taking place. And then I think about, you know, um, her trying to persuade you to break baby's water. And we know there's many, break the amniotic sac, sorry. And there's many of babies who are born what they call in call. So with the amniotic sac intact. Um, so it's just interesting to hear that for sure. It is. Um, I think about it and just your explanation um, discussing her behavior during your um, delivery is just, it reminds me of something we would hear more in a hospital yeah. with maybe an obstetrician. And it's interesting that we often like almost romanticize midwives, right? I mean, we, we do think about them as being more for women, right? And their choices. And I could see how you would have chosen the midwife and then to be having that experience with her. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not what I signed up for with you, right? <laughs> so um, I'm glad you were able to go back and look into that and see that that was um, not right. 
right? So like that you had an opportunity to have another birth experience to go into where you could kind of correct some of those things that didn't fit your plan. Yeah. And some people only have one shot, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's really exactly. like, you don't always get enough chance to, to fix those things. And I think that that needs to be, that's important when we have medical providers who are listening to our stories that they, that pause, like what, what would it have hurt to allow the baby to have been born in call, right? right. There's nothing bad about that. Does mm -hmm. it take a little more time? That's about patience, right? Because I know a lot of women would love, like there's a lot of women who like to, you know, own their own birth, but it's not necessarily because they don't want a midwife there. They would love to have a midwife there if the midwife respected their decisions and kind of, you know, respected that. But because they're feeling like they're getting the same experience as a doctor would or a nurse would in a hospital, it's almost like, you know what, I don't even want you guys there at all. Mm -hmm. For some Right, right, <laughs> right, absolutely. So how did you prepare for this birth? Um, was this something that you were thinking about throughout the pregnancy or did you just um, go with the flow? So I've always had it in the back of my mind. However, I was really reluctant because my husband wasn't completely on board with unassisted birth. He, was, he preferred that we did it the same way he did with our first two children. And it's kind of understandable because a lot of women don't even know how capable we are. So we can't really expect a man to be like, oh yeah, give birth on your own, <laughs> you know? They're, they feel almost like they have to keep you safe, in a sense. Um, and he didn't know yet what I was completely capable of. And so I had to put in my work on my side to get him on board. And just like closer towards the end of the pregnancy, we just hit 2020, it was a new year. And I was like, you know, it's a new year, it's 2020. This could be my last pregnancy. I'll never get this chance again. And I really, really want to have an unassisted birth. And this is how it's going to go down. So I wrote him a letter. And in the letter, I was talking about how unassisted birth is a mother-led instinctual birth and that I trust myself and that um, if I needed help, I would call for help and that I'm asking him to trust me in my decision. And so he got on board with me with that. We started to prepare with our um, checklist. We got everything in our house that we needed to have a home birth. Obviously, we did it third time, so it was almost like a piece of cake that was like not much. Um, but to help prepare my mind, I watched a lot of positive births and unassisted births as well so that I can help, you know, keep my mind in a positive mind mindset and just do what I do best. <laughs> and so were you still going, like, were you seeing any care providers at all during this time? Or were you um, kind of following your own um, instincts about your care? So I did follow through a midwife. Through, so I did, um, I was still, I was still doing my regular midwife checkup appointments. Got it. Um, and I don't really do ultrasounds, so I try to keep it like extremely natural, mother-led. You know, God gave me this gift, and if it's meant to be, it will be, and I trust in my body, I trust in nature, and 
Um, I don't do like regular blood work or anything like that, which I know is a little bit different, but I wouldn't, I only like recommend it for women who, who kind of feel the same way. Every woman is different. Like there's high risk pregnancies where you have to, you know, if, um, if she was high risk, I would recommend like, just because I'm saying this, I wouldn't recommend every woman to do it. It's only if you feel that, you know, you can trust in yourself and you're experienced enough, you know. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people listening, so I don't want to give the wrong impression. But at the same time, for the women that are listening who are like me and they just want that push to feel like if she did it, I can do it too, then this is my story. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I think you raise a really good point because the same way we, same way we romanticize um, midwives, I think we do the same thing with home births or unassisted births. Like, yeah. yes, 110%, we are capable of doing this. We can follow our instincts. We can listen to ourselves, but there's things that arise where sometimes those plans have to change and you have to be in tuned with your body in tuned with your options to know, is this still the right for way me. For, for me to go? Not for anybody else, for me and my situation right now. Um, I think that's the important part because yes, you know, we're all about birth your way, but yeah, in that knowing all the options and what that means for you and yourself. Um, so that's a really, really good point. Yeah. Right. Did you get any pushback from your midwife about not wanting to do the testing? Um, there in my first First two births, yes. Actually, my first birth, yes. Because I was young and this is my first child and they're looking at me like, do you actually know what you're talking about? Um, and I learned a lot from that situation. And what I did, what I learned from that um, was in the beginning, like in my first midwife appointments, I would always let them know who I am at first. Like, I'm just going to let you guys know from now that I'm not your regular client. I do do things very natural, very off the books. You guys can look at my records. I don't do regular routine work. I don't do regular checkups. And we, we've done our research, my husband and I. If you guys have any requests of things that you want us to do, we'll definitely think about it. But um, if you feel like, I almost like I'm interviewing them in a sense. Where it's like, if you can help me, then we'll work together. But like, I, if it's just, if you don't feel like it's the right match, then, then I'm out. <laughs> and right. they seem to be like, because they've seen the way that I've birthed and I've had a positive track record, they can completely, and I also feel my birth as well, so I show them as well. And they can see, they see that I'm healthy, I'm young, you know, so it's like, they give their respects to me almost in a sense. I think that's important. That mm -hmm. part when you said, I, I tell them who I am, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, because that's, that's powerful. Um, a lot of times when you're thinking about medical things, like it's one thing to shake hands. Hello, I'm this person, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in medical, in the medical field, who you are is who is in the chart, right? And so yeah. yes. that's just like powerful of just you telling like you want actually you're not gonna find much in the chart, but I'll tell you who I am <laughs> <or what>. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, take me or leave me, right? <laughs> in, uh, in the driver's seat as a consumer, right? Like like I'm I'm coming to you for a service, but we're gonna have to work on this together in a way that feels comfortable for me. And I applaud you for that. Yes. self-advocacy 
at its finest from the front door. Like, hello. <laughs> right, right. That is so true. That is so true. Oh, I love that. Let's start walking into doctor's office, like, read my chart. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm good. I'm good. Right. But I'm here as Read the chart. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh goodness. My and so I I'm also wondering, was this a conversation about the way I mean, from your first two pregnancies, I'm you know, I'm making the assumption that your family was very aware of the type of birthing experiences that you and your, your husband had decided to have. So I guess, oh, I have two questions. Okay. Um, my first question is, you know, were there any other people in your family that you were aware of who also had birth similar to yours? And then my second question is, um, how was this conversation with family about the way that you wanted to birth? Okay. Um, so I would have been the first person in my family to have home birth and okay. a my mother, she had natural birth in a hospital, unmedicated, uh, for all four of her kids. So she definitely set the bar for a natural birth for me. Um, but for a home birth, she was very shocked about my choices to have a home birth, especially with my first child. And I think they just want to keep you and stuff like that. And they, they've never seen it before. So it's all new news to them. And um, it, was, it was a conversation that, that happened. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to have a home birth. And she was like, like, what? Like, what if something happens? And I'm just like, no, no, mom, I can do it. I can do it. Like, if anything happens, you just, you just go to the hospital. And she was just kind of used to me being that type of person, strong in mind, very strong-minded. So she supported me. She supported me through that decision, and she was there for all three births as well. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I think it's always great when you have that village support. Even if they're apprehensive, they're still willing to jump out of their comfort zone to be like, they say they got it. Yeah. They got it. I'm going to yeah. watch. frantic <laughs> over here in this corner, but they say they got it. <laughs> I'm gonna trust them on that. <laughs> oh, who all was present? Who else was present? Mm-hmm. Um, in all three, or just the last one? All three. Okay. So my first was midwife, mom, husband. Second was my mom, his mom, and midwife. And then the last one was my mom, my husband. And my two kids. <laughs> and they were looking over the tub like, mommy, mommy, baby, baby. Yes. Oh, I love so siblings. Yeah. yeah. So I love mm-hmm. siblings being a part of that for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. Can you tell us about your birth from the beginning? <laughs> okay. Which one are you most interested in? I mean, you know, they, they always lead into each other, but I know we definitely want to know about this third one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we were prepared, and 
I kind of always have birth around the same time. So usually I will get signs during the night that I'm kind of getting, you know, like little mild contractions, little zips, little zaps, kind of feel like hicks and brats. And, um, and then I'll start to be like, hmm, like what is that? And then while I'm sleeping, I'll start to get stronger contractions. And in the morning, I'll be in labor. So it's a good thing for me because all my labors seem to be similar. So when I had the unassisted birth, I kind of knew what to expect. And so I was laying in the bed and I was having a dream about being in labor. And so I was having this dream and I was talking to a childhood friend and I was like, you know, have you ever had like butt labor? Like just this feeling in your butt. And she's like, no, I've never had that before. You should go check it out. And I was like, yeah, because I just get this strong feeling in my butt. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, and I said in my dream, when I wake up, I'm going to go Google what that might mean. <laughs> and I'm seeing it in my dream. And then I slowly start to wake up, and I realized that the pain that I was explaining in my dream was a real pain. Like, it was the real um, back labor that I was feeling. And so I went and, like, touched below, like, my bedding part, and it was, like, super wet. And I was like, oh my god, is this wet or is this moist? Like, what is this? So I went, <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I noticed there was a lot of mucus. And so I was like, okay, this is definitely a big sign. So I went back, I lie down in the bed and I started to Google the butt, the back feeling, the back labor. And it said that it just might mean that you need to release, obviously, a bowel movement before. And I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom, and I tried to release my bowel movements. I did not want to be constipated during labor. And mm -hmm. that was a good. It went well. <laughs> so I went back. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to rest because I don't want to be tired during labor. And so I rested. And while I was resting, I started to feel like the contractions coming, but a little bit mild. It was still mild enough for me to rest, not sleep, but kind of rest. Yeah. And so I did that. And then around 6 a.m., I took out my contraction timer and I started to time the contraction. And it was five minutes apart, 30 to 40 seconds long. And so I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> And so I tap my husband, and every time I give him this look, he knows, like, he doesn't, for a second, think, like, are you sure? I just look at him, and I'm just like, go and get the snacks and the water and any extra things that we need. And he's looking at me, and he's like, okay. <laughs> and so I texted my mom, and I'm like, baby's coming, exclamation points with all these hearts and all that type of stuff. She's like, are you, um, are you joking? Why do you sound so happy? I'm like, today's a beautiful day. <laughs> and I texted her, I went back and I went to rest again because I wanted the mo as much energy as I could, especially because I'm going to have the kids as well. And so I went and I rested and around nine o'clock AM, she rang the doorbell. She was here and I woke up, I started to get ready. I filled my births on YouTube, so I said to do my makeup and stuff. <laughs> and, and, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said to do my makeup, 
and I did my hair. I put on like my crown. I wanted to be like a goddess. I wanted to remind myself how strong I was. And so the kids were excited. I told them, Mom, baby's coming today. Baby's coming. And they were so happy. And my mom and my husband, they were cleaning the house and getting everything ready. They didn't know that baby was going to come as soon as the baby did come though. They were assuming that because I was so calm and nonchalant, that baby might come by tonight or tomorrow. So they kept asking me like, oh, so do you think baby's coming? And I'm like, yeah, baby's coming, baby's coming. I'm blending smoothies. I'm feeding the kids. They're like, this girl is nuts. But really I was like in full active labor. Contractions were three minutes apart, 40 seconds long. I was smiling through all of them, playing with the kids, and I was just really enjoying the day because I knew that today was going to be the day my baby was born. <laughs> and so um, I was also like educating, like doing videos throughout my birth because I wanted to share the experience. Like it meant so much to me for other women to like be inspired by my story. Yeah. And so I kept doing videos and like vlogging throughout the birth. Around 11 o'clock, that's when the, the contractions started to become more intense. And I went to the bathroom and I was holding on to the bathtub. And my husband was looking at me and he just knew, like he knew that baby was about to come. And my water just broke on the ground. It was just like, blah! <laughs> and he was like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just water. It's just a little water. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> at the same time, I wanted to stay calm for them because if they felt that, right. if they were like, you know, started to get nervous, they would want to call the midwife. And I really wanted an unassisted birth. And so I, I was remaining calm for myself and for them as well. And right. so I was just, um, the water broke. and. The contractions were probably, I can kind of have an idea of when my contractions are going from, what intervals are going from based on the intensity of the contractions. And so I had a feeling that baby was going to be born by the next hour, just because the length of my contractions, the intensity of my contractions, I knew I was going from around eight to 10. And so I brought my mirror. I put my mirror in front of me and I started to look to see if the baby's head was crowning. And I can see the bulge. So the baby's head was like bulging, but I couldn't see the head yet, as yet. And so I knew that I should go into the water. And so we filled up the tub. I went into the water. And as soon as I dipped into the water, I started to feel the ease because it's so warm and stuff like that. And while I was in the water, I started to feel the urge to push. I didn't want to push. I wanted to breathe the baby down the urge to push and so I was really trying to hold myself back so what I was doing was I was pushing for some and breathing for some and so I was in the pool and I was pushing for some and then I would relax and just try to breathe throughout each contraction through some and then I was like okay my husband came he looked into the water and there was poop floating in the water and he was like okay this doesn't look good we're gonna switch tubs <laughs> and I'm like okay so I get up and I go into the tub in my uh, in the nursery room. So I ended up giving birth in the room that was his nursery room, which oh. was and I walk over, and as soon as I stood up from the pool, 
I can feel the baby dropped a lot more. And so that standing up really helps. So like I'm standing up like this and I can just feel it like super coming. As soon as I was walking on my tiptoes, I knew like one, two pushes, baby was out. So I was walking like that. I went to the bathroom. I was like, get the camera, get the camera, quick, get the camera. He's like, why? He's like, why? I'm like, baby's coming, baby's coming. So he's like setting up the tripod. I went to the water. I'm like, oh, yes, it's so warm. It's so warm. Like, next contraction's coming, next contraction's coming. I'm like, I'm going to push. He's like, no, don't push yet. I'm like, I'm pushing right now. <laughs> So I put my legs up and I pushed and as soon as I pushed, I felt the baby's head go like right to the front of my my womb walls. <laughs> and I just felt and as soon as I felt it, I just couldn't stop pushing. And I pushed even harder again and boom, his head was born. And I was just like, oh my God. I looked down. And in that moment, I knew that I accomplished my unassisted birth. I was like, oh, my God, like, I did it. I did it. Like, every, if I could do this, I can literally do anything. That was my thought when I looked and saw the head there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then my mom came up and she was like, oh, my gosh, the head's there. The boys came up and looked over and they looked at me and they're like, baby and I saw in my son's eyes him seeing because he was very a part of my pregnancy he was at every single midwife appointment he loved touching baby loved healing baby and I saw him see his brother go from a stomach to the water and his eyes he saw life like he was like baby and it just like I'll never forget that moment and then I was like okay I'm gonna push on the next contraction and everybody was just there, and I just pushed on the next contraction. Shoulder came out, pushed again a little bit. Other shoulder came out, pulled the baby up, and baby was birthed into my own hands. <laughs> oh my god! Like that. I love it. If I can do this, I can do right? anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do. Right? Y'all better not come for legacy because she out here like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't dim that shine right <laughs> that is so beautiful and like you describing your son reaction to like that i got like chills from wow. that that is just absolutely yes. beautiful like his understanding of birth is completely shifted like yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> I absolutely love that. And it's funny, I I had um watched your YouTube um video about the birth. When you talk about somebody looking calm, cool, collected, and like a goddess, let me tell y'all, I'm gonna make sure we put the video in the show notes because people need to see when you describe like, yes, I was calm. Like not once. Did her demeanor change in any way? She was just out here like, yes, okay, so <laughs> having this contraction and <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was just it's it's beautiful to watch. And I'm not saying that everybody's birth needs to look like that because some of us are screamers and grunters and everybody's, you know, yeah. um experience is different. But it was just really it was 
I know I've said beautiful like a hundred times, but it was, it was just absolutely beautiful to watch that. Um, and yeah. to hear you describe it right now, like, yeah. Thank you. And thank you for watching it. <laughs> yes. I'm just thinking about like, just being able, like you said, everybody's birth is not going to be like that, but it also presents this flipping of a coin that allows people to be in the middle, right? Yeah. So we see in the media, ah, ah, right. labor, ah, right? Right. <laughs> so it allows women to see like, it's not that I'm not feeling something. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's nothing going on, but that I can control some aspects of this, right? Like right. birth can be, you know, a mystery in, in some ways, but who you are doesn't have to be a mystery, right? If this right. is who you are, then it can be who you are even in labor, right? So it just allows people to see something different than what the media has fed into the minds of women who go into birth being afraid simply because all they see is a woman screaming with her legs open, right? Right, right, right. They don't get to see the flower crowns. They don't get to see um, (laughs) the, like the deep breathing or the communication between the partners or like, they don't get to see all that. that, Like you said, the in between um, and the other aspect of it. Like, yeah, you can still hold a conversation and tippy toe to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but like, and even you know, like, like being in control, like you knew. All right, all I can do is get to this bathroom on my tippy toes, and then it's yeah. over from here. Like you knew that, yeah. you felt that. That was mm-hmm. instinctual. Um, yes. Ooh. <laughs> I just love it. Thank you guys. I love your energy. I love, I love you guys' energy. <laughs> and we love birth, so. <laughs> Um, and I, and I know like your video when I, cause I loved watching videos too, would have been a video. I'd be like, yes, that's what I'm, let me get out here. It's like a legacy. Um, let me order my crown. Right. <laughs> exactly. What am I doing? Everybody needs a crown. Everybody. Ooh. If you're at the um, hospital, pop up right. a crown. If you're at home, pop up. Like Everybody. Center. Exactly. When you show up with a crown on your head, people treat you like what? A queen, exactly. A exactly. Like, Hello <laughs> again. My name is Legacy. <laughs> Read my chart. You thought you knew who I was. <laughs> yes. In case anybody gets confused in the in the midst of this, right? There's a crown on my head. Treat treat me accordingly. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. About to start showing up for doula support, like we out. <laughs> Do you need this crown? You need this. <laughs> I care. Uh, yes. Um. Yes. 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 All of that. All of it. So, baby is born. What yes. does postpartum look like you for you, Legacy? So I had a natural lotus birth as well. So lotus birth is like the non-cutting of the umbilical cord. And so we do that for all three children, and that helps the baby to get 80 to 100 milliliters of warm blood. Some people like to practice delayed clamping as well. Um, that helps the baby get a little bit more blood before cutting. But I like to keep it natural as well. And that helps to like really um, 
give like such a good bonding experience and it helps with postpartum because you're not like rushing everything. Everything moves a lot slower. You're sitting in your bed, you're relaxing. You can't move baby as much as you would. You're not going to be tossing them to different family members. So it gives you like a few days to really just be one as a family and just take the slow strides. And um, with the unassisted and natural birth, the healing process is insane. Like the, I went to the shower and when I went to the shower, it felt like I didn't even give birth after. Like everything was so intact. And with my first birth, when the midwife was like always checking the cervix when I was pushing and stuff like that, I felt like I got a graze as well. And I was being coached to push. And I find that if you're not being, because you know how it feels. And when somebody tells you to stop pushing, when you know that your body's telling you not to stop pushing, I feel like, mm, is that a reason why women are tearing or grazing? But that's another subject on its own. Um, but Go yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I loved the postpartum. And with, I didn't have any postpartum depression with my first two. Um, I would, for my third, I would recommend that I went out a little bit more to avoid a little bit of postpartum um, depression. I should have went out a little bit more, but other than that, it was, it was still a really good experience. Did you feel like you self-isolated in the third, with the third or no? Yeah, with the third, I felt like, Actually, it probably was a little bit deeper than self-isolation. It was having two kids and doing so much before my body was ready to move and go back at it. I was, like, cooking on the third day. So I was in the kitchen. I was with the kids. I did get a lot of help, and everybody kept telling me to sit down, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> and so that's one thing I would recommend is, like, you know, let your body heal. You're not always superwoman, like you know, let your body heal, and it would help with, it'll help definitely with postpartum. Right. You had that unassisted <laughs> birth. It was like, yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me cook this meal. Let me bathe them. Let me just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forgot the healing part, too, though. Like. <laughs> yeah. oh, right. <laughs> so, I know I, I can definitely visualize with the lotus birth why that would cause so much more slowing down. Um, can you speak a little bit more too about like the prep for that? Because I know like y you can't just have the placenta just out here. Like there's a, there's a prep for that, correct? Or yeah. So yeah. what does that look like? And what is, um, the care for that? Okay. So as soon as, um, you give birth to the baby, the placenta will come out around 15 to 20 minutes after birth. You'll start to feel like contractions again. It means that you're going to push out your placenta. And so you push out your placenta, and I would I put it in a silver bowl, like a, a stainless steel bowl, and you put it in with a strainer because it's still full of like lots of blood, and so you want it to kind of like drain out. And then as soon as it starts to drain, you just chill, to be honest, because you want the blood to from the placenta to the baby to finish trans um, transferring before you wash the placenta. So once you start to see, like, you actually see it on the um, umbilical cord, there's, like, little black cells. And when blood is flowing through them, you'll see it'll go dark. 
And then when it comes out, it'll go lighter. And so once you finish seeing all the blood going through all the different cells and it stops like pulsing, then you can go into the bathroom. Um, I had my husband help me and you just rinse it. No soap or no sprays, nothing. You just rinse it with water and um, you pat it dry. You put it in a sanitary pad. You sprinkle sea salt on it. I use Himalayan salt because it's like the purest sea salt. I sprinkle um, Himalayan salt on it. I wrap it up and that is it. Um, as soon as you're done wrapping it up, it starts to dry really, really fast. The next day you'll see it'll start to look like a really hard stick. And my first child, the umbilical cord dried and fell off in five days. My second child was four days and my third child was two days. Wow. So the more you keep it dry, the faster it falls off. So you'd like to try to keep the area like open and dry and stuff like that. And what I noticed is usually when babies are born, um, they will lose around 10% of their body weight. However, with Lotus birth, with all three of my kids, they have, they didn't lose any weight. They actually went up in weight. So that could be because they received more blood volume. They didn't lose blood volume as well as it helps with jaundice. Because um, when you lose blood volume, the baby's liver starts to go into stress. And when you get jaundice, jaundice is caused from the liver being in distress. And so the liver is working extra hard to make up for the blood volume that was lost. And so I really wanted to prevent jaundice. That's one of the main reasons why I chose lotus birth. And I did that with all three. So yeah, so it dries off and when it starts to dry, it'll just start to like slowly move from like the navel part and then it just pops kind of right off. And then it kind of leaves like an opening part and then like within like two to three hours, it'll just like close and it leaves a perfect belly button. That's it. <laughs> that was an excellent explanation. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, yes. <laughs> the, the the umbilical cord falling off was always scary for me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like seeing it happen in that way would have made it less uh, scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you so after like did the, did you then get um seen by the midwife to then come to your house and just make sure everything was okay? Yeah. So she came after, weighed the baby. And did the newborn, the regular newborn checks. Baby was beyond healthy, big boys, eight pounds, eight pounds, and then eight pounds, 8.5 for my second, and then 7.5 for my third. Okay. Did the midwife know that you weren't going to have her come for the birth? No. She okay. knew closer towards the end. <laughs> She didn't know necessarily because I was still kind of on the fence. I right. didn't know 100% if I was going to do a full unassisted birth. And because my husband was still, you know, we kind of had an agreement that, okay, what if the midwife comes towards the end? Mm -hmm. You know? And also, I wasn't 100% sure. Now I know how to do a birth certificate on my own. You would just get the home birth package and then you would file for your birth certificate, you give proof of pregnancy, right? But before, I didn't know necessarily, so I was just like, 
okay, well, if the midwife comes after the birth, then she can just do all the birth certificate stuff. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of why I kind of kept her in the loop. Mm-hmm. Right. loop. And so, yeah, she came after it. It made it a lot easier for me because she just, um, she filed the birth certificate and then I just had to register it online. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, she was like, no, we kept that from her. But when she, came, <laughs> when she came, she was almost like, she wasn't shocked at all. Mm-hmm. She was like, like, well, this is kind of what you wanted. So, yeah. They, they knew who you were. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, well, yeah. So they, there was some speculation probably like, yeah. You know, what's up? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with listeners? Resources, advice, anything else from your birth? Just anything that you want to leave them with? Um, I just want women to know that we're a lot stronger than we perceive ourselves to be and that we can truly, we're the only species in the world that contradicts our ability to give birth. Mm. And I feel like we need to understand that we are far more capable than we really think that we are. And we can all truly, it doesn't really, you don't have to do it like how I did it. You can have a midwife, you can have whatever, um, whatever environment that makes you feel safe. But as long as you feel that you can be in charge of your own birth and you don't feel robbed of the experience, then I highly, highly suggest that, um, you know, do what you want to do. Just sit down and just be like, hey, how do, how do I want my birth to be? And just stick to your guns. And, whenever, and when everyone tells you, don't do it, don't do it, it's only because they haven't done it yet or they're scared because they haven't seen anybody do it yet. Mm. And so just stick to your guns, trust your instincts. And as soon as people see how strong you are in your own zone, they will trust you and follow in your lead. Yes. <laughs> yes. That piece about we contradict our ability. Mm-hmm. Underline, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bold, all the things. Exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. All of it. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Right. That's, that's so true. Thank Just you. Just the act of going to see someone else about your pregnancy contradiction. Right. <laughs> right. You're, I'm like, not saying that that doesn't yeah. work for everybody, but <laughs> right. I get it. I hear you. Yeah. Right. Very, yeah. very true. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy that I've gotten to meet you guys. You guys are both beautiful. I love your thank hair. You. I love <laughs> thank you. fun as well. And like, I love you guys' name, birth, and color. Like, just to be able to sit down with two beautiful black women it's like it makes me feel like this is like these are the types of people that i want to talk to and i'm just honored even just to be with you guys so thank you thank you i'm so appreciative that you chose our platform to share your story yes and i know that's going to reach a lot of people for sure for sure easy decision thanks for listening to birth stories in color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com 